Welcome to the Williams and Bloom podcast. It is Sunday, August 15th. Before we get into today's program, where we are going to talk uh, Big 12 Missile Crisis 3.0, we are going to go over some fall camp headlines for the uh, Bloom the Top 10 Cyclones. That's right, top, uh, top eight. The top eight cyclones. We'll do all that for you guys and more, but we want to thank our presenting sponsor, Mechdyne and the Mechdyne Corporation. A really good friend of mine, Chris Clover, um, is one of the biggest cyclone fans that I have ever met in my life. And he also is the CEO of a phenomenal company called Mechdyne. They're located up in the great city of Marshalltown. Check them out at Mechdyne. Dot com, uh, and I would always encourage you guys to take a look at their uh, job openings, uh, Bloom, because uh, they don't they don't just do like you don't have to be an engineer. Sure, no, they do a little bit of everything. So I was uh, I was touring the performance center, the new brand new building for Iowa State. Yes. ran into some Mechdyne guys doing some oh, doing some well, work. There you go. There. Well, here this That's is awesome work. I mean, they're they're <laughs> the, the visuals. That Mechdyne provided in that building are incredible. It's incredible. Like technology on top of a sweet building. One specific um, job that just came open, and they wanted me to get it out to the Cyclone Nation. A uh, marketing sales uh, development rep oh. is now open okay. at Mechdyne.com, M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com slash careers. Um, they're looking, uh, that's if you're looking to enter the advanced technology space. They've got full or part-time jobs available. They welcome college students. They want to start you young in the company and watch you grow. It's an awesome opportunity to get your foot in the door uh, with a cutting-edge technology company. Again, mechtime.com slash careers. also want to thank my friends at the Iowa Clinic, the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. I have not lived up to what I said. I've got to get my physical scheduled. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to iowaclinic.com. Up in the right corner, uh, there's a thing that says appointments. I'm going to schedule an appointment with Dr. Nicholson and Ankeny, and then he can say, hey, Chris, uh, your triglycerides are high. We need you to drop about 10 pounds or 20. And you can blame Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to be like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much whiskey have you been drinking? No, but the, it's it's good to know. Be a man. Go to the doctor. Get that physical. Go to iowaclinic.com. It's super easy, and you can schedule your appointment today wherever you live in Des Moines. All right. With that, um, we are going to get into this athletic report uh, that came out on Friday about the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC. What in the world does this mean? We'll uh, hash through it. And then segment two is all Iowa State football. The top ten. The top eight. The top eight. Iowa State football team. It's English. Give me the horns. good to see uh we saw english last night yeah we did we hung out with chris english uh, lead singer of english oh, there's there's chris right there yeah right there uh, i believe he watched um i don't know if that was his first sprint car race but he watched the knoxville nationals with that was us. well done i enjoyed that yeah it was fun and we thought we found a pastime for me i need to start creating 
betting lines for a sprint, sprint car cars. and late model races? There's something to that. I mean, well, not the betting, which I'm, I'm sure you'd be great at. But those races, that main race was over in like 45 minutes. Yeah, it's great. Real quick, yeah. before we get into uh, the the realignment stuff, I want to tell our friends out in eastern Iowa, we're fired up for Friday night uh, with the big party, the big Cyclone Fanatic kickoff party in eastern Iowa. Bloom, I've had eastern Iowa folks trying to get us to do something there for years. And we, we so we teamed up with our friends at Cody Road. We're going to the distillery. They have the beautiful new uh, edition. And um, we sold the thing out, 200 tickets. Wow. We just sold it out really fast. So that's going to be great. We'll see all of you all in eastern Iowa on Friday. In central Iowa on Wednesday, we're having a Cyclone Fanatic premium get-together for all of our Patreon members and our premium subscribers. Uh, that will be at the Iowa Tap Room on Wednesday night. And we have a great lineup of speakers. Um, I just don't want to make any promises for the folks in Eastern Iowa, we'll have speakers for you too. Uh, it's harder for some of our folks yeah, to get over Central there. Central Iowa to get over there. Uh, but on on Wednesday night, it'll be you and me, uh, Brett Meyer, Todd Blythe, and Jeff Woody are all going to be awesome in the mix. I do believe. I I think I have a pretty good lineup for Friday, but I, I need to confirm. I don't want to. You got to under promise and over deliver. Is what I was taught early I, I, on. The one sure thing about Friday is there'll be a oh. good 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 liquor. Well, and the Eastern Iowa Cyclone fans are just so like hungry for these events, and yeah. I'm I'm really glad that Ryan and all the folks at Mississippi River Distilling um, they're they're hosting us. Really, I mean, we just kind of had to promote the thing. So, looking forward to getting over there to the distillery. I'm going to hang out over there for much of the weekend. All right, um, you were over at my house on Friday night, and you actually broke the news to me about this athletic report. Uh, about the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC. Uh, they're going to have an alliance. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're doing Big Brother Survivor. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of that feel. Yeah. Um, so, like, on the surface, this isn't good. Like, I, I don't... Uh, it looked it looked bad. The headline looked bad. Yeah. And then the, the sub-headline of Big 12 not involved looked worse. Correct. I th- that, That's where I'm saying... Uh, any news that doesn't include the Big 12 and Iowa State to me is not, like, on the surface, it's not good news. This one, though, like, the more I thought about it and the more I've dug into it, it does seem to me like, well, like, there's part of me, I've thought the whole time that Iowa State would eventually end up in either the Pac, some reincarnation of the Pac-12 or Big 10, like, 10 years from now, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. But I've thought the next five years are going to be really weird mm-hmm. and really rocky, and we just don't know where it's going to go. Well... If I'm going to be optimistic here, like, well, isn't it good for Iowa State specifically that these other leagues, because the Big 12 doesn't have any power right now. I think that they, they we, do not. We just, you don't have power. So, like, why would the ACC be like, oh, we're going to form an alliance with the Big 12? That doesn't make any sense. I could make the argument right now that it's good news that these three who do have some power are standing up to the SEC. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, when I read it, and it was like, well, this makes, it's like, this seems like a reach of a story for one. I mean, I'm sure they're talking, yeah. which they should. This seemed to me, to me, more about the SEC than about anything else. It's it's a 
kind of a PR strike to let the SEC and ESPN know that we're not going to let you just run the sport here and get everything you want. And I think this is more about the playoff expansion conversation and what that looks like than anything. Now, they can throw in there that, yeah, they'll, they'll talk about an alliance in regards to some scheduling things, but I think more than anything, this is so the powers that be in those conferences are all in the same voting block when it comes to the expansion. Because if the SEC has all the power and this goes through the way they want it, uh, then it's you know it's basically the ESPN SEC full throat all the way through, and I think it's everybody stepping back. Go no, we've got we've got actually the majority here. Mm-hmm. Let's step back and reevaluate things. And if that means we're going to have this alliance, I did not. I think it got taken out of context that this is a merger of some sort. No. It's not that. I just think this is ongoing conversations and. You, it's politics. It's pol- yeah, it's exactly. It just seems like it's a political move more than anything right now. We'll see if that what that means down the road. I mean, in those eight in the Big Twelve, it's rough because you're still you feel like everyone else is going to prom and you're left out right now, and it's going to feel that way for a while. I mean, there's but there's nothing they can. You know, I've, I got a couple of texts like, "Well, Jamie needs to step up and say something." Now we can't just go down quietly, and I understand that sentiment. To- sentiment, I totally do. But I don't know what you can say when even there's there's just so much uncertainty here and you still are balancing the legal stuff with Texas and Oklahoma. So you don't want to get over your skis in regards to these other conferences and trying to hitch a, hitch a ride with them when you've got the legal matters and trying to get every penny out of Texas and Oklahoma. So those eight are kind of forced to stay quiet because they don't want to say yeah, something a, that they'll, they'll regret. That's a good point. Yeah. I and I've also I've kind of just thought the whole time the quieter the Pollard is is probably the better. Like I just I if you are working on anything or like being boisterous here to me doesn't make it doesn't help really in any scenario. Sure. And it it's also I mean the the what we've learned from Pollard is he's generally doing his best work when you don't really know what's happening, right? Like, it's absolutely. Just, and I, I don't know. Like, let's just say, like, in a hypothetical, which would be like best case scenario, that they're they're talking to the Big Ten. Like, do you think that Barry Alvarez and Gene Smith would want that out there? Probably not, right? Sure. Again, that is purely a hypothetical. I want people to understand that. But like, I don't know. Like. I just don't know what Jamie's supposed to say well, right how, now that he hasn't already said. Look how Texas and Oklahoma got it done. They got it done in the dark and mm-hmm. quiet. And if this would have leaked six months ago when the conversations first started, I doubt this gets done because they wouldn't have been able to the politics. maneuver around the politics of yeah. it. But it was so far down the road that then it was inevitable where that's it, that's what you're hoping is these conversations get so far along, everybody's in, and that nothing can derail it. And I think... This struck everybody in those other conferences so quickly. They didn't. Nobody knew this was coming. Yeah, I mean that you're still only three weeks out of that first big domino to drop, and so it's going to take some time. And so, I think you have an information gathering session. You saw the Pac-12 guy meet with Bullsby. What was that? Ten days ago, Um, and now those three are talking. Those three major conferences. This is what you do. You figure out what's best for all of us. Worst case scenario, I get it. Those three. This is this is where what makes me a little ner- nervous is that you got the SEC and those three are on on this side and they all think to themselves, well, if we're voting for this new playoff expansion, let's leave the Big Twelve out of it. They lose their 
uh, status. They don't get that playoff spot, and then we can split the money four ways instead of five. And that's where you get to the 16-team superpower leagues. And I, I think Iowa State would end up in a league. Yeah, but, you but, know. but my, I guess my concern before that is, what? is, let's say it just stays status quo right now. So Texas and Oklahoma move along. The Big 12 probably tries to add whoever. I think the Big 12 has a bid until 2025. Okay. So, yeah. So whenever the playoff contract right. is up. But then beyond that, yeah. no, I, that's, I, what, that, yeah. that's what scares me. Even if you don't go the 16-team, because yeah. I agree, Iowa State would be a part of that. They'd be in the top 64. There's no question. But if you leave it status quo, mm-hmm. where nobody adds schools outside of Oklahoma, Texas, but the Big 12 just gets left out, and then those four conferences then split the money themselves and basically, you know, takes the piece of the pie of the Big 12 out of it. That would make me nervous right now. If, if, is, if that, is that the game plan for those others, trying to make more money that way? Um, that kind of be the diabolical side. But yeah. I, th- I also, th- I'm hoping strength in numbers means they realize that let's, the more programs we have involved with this, the better. And so, I don't know. I think it'll be an interesting... The, the part that I thought was interesting is the ACC's relationship with ESPN. I um, I, it, it's like, how far down the road can they go with this anti-SEC thing? Because while you're doing that, you're also going anti your television partner. Yeah, I can see the Big Ten and Pac-12 and the Big 12 because they're... They've got some Fox They're, they're with Fox, yeah. You, you know, that the one thing that does make me nervous um, is just... You know, this could go one of two ways with the ESPN thing. My guess is that ESPN knows it messed up with the Big 12 deal, and they're going to play nice. Yeah. In fact, I I think that that's why Bullsby's doing what he's doing because he thinks he's going to get a better deal because of it. What if that doesn't happen? And that's where I start to wonder, like, about, you know, how far in bed the American is with ESPN. But still, at the end of the day, this is a business, and Iowa State's worth more than – you know, what a X program. So totally. I, I know I'm way in the weeds there, but the ACC thing's interesting to me. That was the one thing that caught me up when I was reading it going like, well, how far can they go? Yeah. And are they unhappy with ESPN then too? Well, they have a terrible contract. It goes to twenty thirty six. Yeah. So like, so maybe they'd want to break, they could break free of that. My somehow, thought is but. that they would try and expand early to get a new deal. But I don't know. But remember when the Big 12 was looking at doing that and ESPN shut them down. Right. They said, we're not going to pay you anymore. So, like, how squirrely will they be willing to get? Yep. The thing is, though, by the end of that deal, if they would stay with their current television contract with ESPN, the, the the difference between the Big 10 and the... Yeah. SEC compared to the ACC at the end of that, like, it would be chump change. Yeah. Light night and day difference. It's uh every day there's something uh, yeah, new, there's, buddy. It's something, but I don't again I don't think that moved the ball much at all Friday. Now the the headline was scary and the, the black of the Big Twelve was scary, but I just I don't to me that was just kind of a common sense thing and nothing nothing more than that. Um but yeah, every day that goes by where there's there's no news, it just kind of it what your partner on the radio, Ross Peterson, always likes to say, we always fill in Lack of information with bad inform with with yeah. with the bad vibes first. Like that's just the nature of of human beings, just to assume the worst a lot of times. And you know, I, I ran some more numbers and looked at some stuff this past week. And you know, Iowa State's 
TV ratings compared to the Pac-12 and the ACC. And, you know, Iowa State would have had the third most viewed football games in all of the Pac-12 last year. So, in Oklahoma State would have been fourth. Like, I, I think those two brands specifically in regards to football, um, a conference would, would want to grab those two. I, and I think there's still strong value there. And I just have a hard time thinking that with a fan base as big as Iowa State's, with the 61,500-seat stadium, by the way, you're in the top 10, Yeah, that somebody wouldn't take a chance on them. And then, But I keep coming back to it and we right from the start. You need you need more people at the table here uh, in regards to ESPN, Fox, and somebody else. Like you just need somebody to jump into the conversation, and I think that will that would be the saving grace, whether that's a streaming company or whatnot. And I th- I think that's why this conversation isn't a bad thing between the ACC, Big Ten, and uh, Pac-12 because it's buying time again before we get into this playoff thing. We finalize everything and get to the Super League. The more time, the better. And it's uncomfortable, but it's it's still for the best. We are going to talk about actual football when we come back because it is, you know, it's three pretty, weeks away. It is pretty awesome. Uh, the fact that we are looking at a top 10 team and like, you know, the, the deal came out, Bloom, about, um, oh, it was the DraftKings. Draft yeah. I mean, Iowa State has the six best odds to win the national championship this year. Really cool. Uh, When we come back, I'm going to give you guys some uh, tidbits that I'm hearing inside of Iowa State's fall camp. Scoops. Scoopage. Not really, but um, it was good scoops and stuff for our premium subscribers earlier in the week. We'll talk about that when we come back. But I want to thank our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. The Rona's not going away. Uh, there's a lot of people who are not going back to the office and, uh, well, a lot of people don't work well from home. <laughs> a a lot of people don't. The co-working thing is blowing up. I actually wrote a story about this nationally. Gravitatecoworking.com. I would encourage you to check out all of their different membership options, meeting spaces throughout the metro. Again, gravitatecoworking.com. I also want you guys to start planning on tailgating this year farmstorymeats.com i am in love with this company they take i mean i'm going to read it from the website because it's perfect our goal is to bring our customers transparency to the location farms and people that supply their food we share the stories of the farmers that raise the animals and we strive to make the supply chain of farm to customer as short as possible it's phenomenal so a lot of people get these um like meal kits that'll show up on your doorstep yep. and then you may that's what this is except it's just really high quality meat all from iowa all from the all from iowa you go to farmstorymeats.com uh looks like the next um shipping date is august 23rd and 24th that's perfect for tailgating so go in there right now oh, that video on your your computer there it's making me hungry yeah <laughs> Just Dude, the steaks, scrolling meat. I'm telling you, the steaks I got from there are the best. Ste- they may be the best steaks I've ever made at my house. But there's all these different bundles, sampler bundle, subscriptions. You can do subscriptions now. Um, grill master bundle. Uh, they've got amazing brats just for your tailgating. Farmstorymeats.com, and you are not only supporting local farmers but a local company in Farm Story Meats. 
uh, please check them out today. So Ray, is it Ray, right? Yeah, uh, Ray, Ray Schwartz, yeah. He, Great guy. Works at Iowa State. Yep, yeah, so he uh, he went through Iowa State's basically entrepreneurship incubator. So there's a program that Iowa State does, um, and I'm, I'm involved a little bit with it through the Ivy College of Business, and uh, basically uh, is an entrepreneur from the state, and what a, what a cool cool thing to support beyond just getting yeah. the good meat. And, and, yeah, and you're getting a great product. All right, Um Let's do some fall camp. Good coverage so far by Jared Stansbury and Rob Gray. I um I'm I'm fired up. I'm more fired up after some of the intel that I started to get this week. I cuz I, you know, what's the what is the question we all ask about fall camp at this point? Oh, who's who's the standout? Who's, who's standing out? Yeah. Any who's young guys? The, anybody yeah, anybody any coming along? Guys Who do we need to know. <laughs> and everybody's giving me the same answer that one, the freshman class is probably the best that, at this point. They think it's the best that they've had. Yep. And two, not a lot of standouts because the returners are so blanking good. That's been the theme I've heard. As yeah. Well. That like they've, they are just taken strides right. and gotten better. It's somehow those veterans could get better. They have both phys- physically and just, just primed. I was told the the word that was used for me was overjoyed. Um, that the coaching staff was overjoyed as to how good these guys look compared to what. Not that they thought they were going to look bad. Yeah. But I, I think that 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 was a minor concern for me. Is this like you have all these guys? Like, are they have they plateaued? Like, sure. What do you or do you get um, complacent? Yeah. Had a great year. The super senior, like, what are you going to get? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I talked to some guys who were out of practice, and they said Purdy looks just amazing right now. Um, he can, And that's the thing is, he can get better. Absolutely. If there's one guy. To me, that's the, that's the key to the year. 100%. If there's one guy that we know we've seen it could – have a higher ceiling. I don't think Brees Hall's ceiling can get much higher. Like he was so good last year. Yeah. I mean, you run for what? What? Sixteen hundred yards, twenty plus there's, touchdowns. Like, there's only so much you can do production wise. But there's no doubt, Purdy's production could get a lot better. And so that's encouraging. You know, and, and you add another weapon, which that I think that's the exciting part too. Is yes. there appears to be some competition as to who could be opposite Hutchinson to be a playmaker. Well. Yeah, that's that's where we go right here. And everybody knows how big of a Tariq Milton guy I am. I I kind of I was actually on the um Big 12 series show with uh Archer. Oh, last yeah, and Ari. Week. Yeah. Yep. And they asked me It's a great show. They do a really nice job. They asked me who I thought as a guy who would fly under the radar this year. And I said it's Tariq Milton because he was really good, but he was hurt all of last year. Mhm. But, like, if you think to the year before, whatever. I mean, we're we're all hearing this, and it's been this way for months, that this Jalen Noel. Noel. It's no? Noel. Noel. Yep. I've been calling him Jalen Noel. Okay, so that's good to know. Yeah, it's Noel. I'll never forget his now, name and again. I, you're going to hear his name quite a lot, so let's get it right to start. <laughs> um, I mean, you've heard this, too. Yeah. Like, we're all hearing it, that this kid – is just lights out. 
this will be an interesting thing too because Campbell's had guys like this before and he makes them kind of prove it in the classroom yes. and all this stuff throughout. So I don't necessarily know if Jalen Knoll is like a starter in game one, but he's going to play. You, you hear different positions, but you kind of get a read now in the conversations you and I have of who they know when they get on campus. Like, yeah, this guy's got a chance. And the tenor of the conversation for Noel is very similar to the types of things we were hearing when Brees Hall Brees. was a freshman. Yeah, it's like the same thing. It's like people that are at practice, they're like, it's going to be hard to keep this guy off the field. It's kind of the what we're hearing. But it took Brees a while because they didn't fully – trust him from the mental side of being able to understand. Which is why Jirel played before him. Yeah, Jirel. And then uh, who started that year? It was actually um, Johnny Lang. Lang and um, kid from California. Um, Oh, 20. Sheldon Crony. Oh, yeah. Got a lot of snaps. And then Brees took it over early October and the rest is history. I think there's more competition here. So it's not like Noel has to be the guy. No. But, But you hear great athlete, but also as importantly is he's doing all the right things off the field too, to put himself in a position to be trusted on the field. And that's a huge thing for Matt and staff It's like, mm-hmm. if you're going to be a slappy outside of the, uh, you know, in class or, you know, you, you have to do all the right things to, be, to earn the, the trust to get on the field. And it sounds like Jalen's just upstanding 100% that they, they just love the guy. And so I think, I think he's going to play, I don't know how early, but there's potential there to be an impact guy. I just think there's competition. Like I think that's the exciting part is it's gonna be hard to beat out Tariq Milton, so I don't think you're gonna take him off. Yeah, the I don't field, I so. think Tariq will start the first game. Yeah. And I and I don't even know I still am to be determined where where's Noel's position. Is it, you know, one of those outside receivers? Is he more of the inside guy, the M position they say? I, I don't I don't know those details. But you're hearing he's going to play, there's no question. It's just uh, how big of an impact can he have? Offensive line is fascinating to yeah. me, as deep as it is. Yes. Uh, the one thing that I've been nudged to not worry too much about starters, um, because they do intend on playing 10, 11 guys. I I did hear that uh, that Simmons has been awesome. Like okay. th- there hasn't been like any sort of a sophomore slump there. I was specifically said that they love the combination of Downing and Simmons at the two guards. Huh. Um, but but I, but again, I mean they're so deep. Um, yeah. That that was a deal for me. Like who? And then the tackles are kind of up in the air, from what I understand. But it's not like we've had fall camps before where we didn't know the line and we it terrified you. But I, I think right now it's just good, healthy competition. And I also need to note that they just put on pads over the weekend, so they right. haven't really... It's hard to... Yeah. And I, I honestly, I would not be surprised if Simmons doesn't start. I mean, I think... No, I... You, you've yeah, got... I, you, you, you forget about the fact that Derek Schweiger was an all-Big 12 guy, and he's a mauler, and he's going to start. Derek Schweiger is one of Iowa State's three best linemen. you got to play him. Yeah. Uh, now he is versatile, so he could play. He played some tackle in the Fiesta Bowl. Now he's more naturally a guard or a center. But Colin Newell's still there, and you want to play Downing. And so I think it'll be interesting to see how they how they maneuver these guys around. And so I, you know, you, you think it's you know a little bit odd. Oh, we're going to play multiple, you know, seven, eight, nine offensive linemen, but 
they've got enough guys to do that. So I think it'll be interesting. I I had heard last week, you know, before they even started fall camp, that Simmons was probably not going to start, but that might be different now. I mean, that's just the thing. It's like yeah. you're, uh, you're, it, you're you're flipping again. My left guys, and right. the same guy who told me Simmons has been awesome said, "Don't worry about who started." Start, yeah, like so yeah, that yeah. So you could both yeah. things can be true. Absolutely, yeah. yeah but I, I tell you what, though, just the eye test, and I I'm not an offensive line guru by any means. Just watching Simmons, though, like last year, he was awesome. Yeah, and, and you also look back, like I think Rimsburg will start for sure. Yes, at tackle. there's no question. That's that. That's the other thing I, I heard as well is he is uh, far and away clear of not better. I don't want to say better, but he's ahead of Ramos. Well, the thing is, like you look back, and we did have discussions about this last year, but when Downing went down, mm-hmm. and when Ramos went down, it just mm-hmm. allowed these other guys to step up, and now. You have that depth that Matt's talking about, you know. Yeah, you've got. I mean, Schweiger was all Big Twelve, and then Simmons has all the potential to be. And then uh, I think Simmons will be a pro. Mike Schweiger will too. Schweiger's story. Yeah, he's Rob, Rob he gets, Gray wrote about it. I think we should link it again. It is incredible. Here's a guy that wasn't offered by a Division three school. Yeah, and, and he's, he's he's like, it's an amazing story. And he comes, he walks on at Iowa State, and he just works and works and works. He outworks everybody. And he was second team All Big Twelve last year, and somebody said this week he's one of our three best offensive linemen. There's no question. So I think it's really cool. I mean, it's a really neat story. But this is the luxury of having that depth there. When they say we can play eleven guys, they can literally play eleven guys. And this is um, the same coach that you know. If you look, Matt's always said once we get to the offensive line, that's where our program will change. And now he's saying it. So, so th- and this is why. So somebody, you know, you're going to hear a little bit. Oh, you know, you and I makes me nervous. You, you, you're getting that. Uh, the line is so much further ahead now than it was when they played you and I two years ago. And so when you look at when these Power Five programs play the you and I's of the world, where you and I has always given. Iowa State problems is because their defensive line has consistently been better than Iowa State's offensive line. And if you can't run the ball on an FCS team, they're going to be in the game for four quarters. Yeah. And look at that game two years ago. Brees hadn't arrived yet, so you had Sheldon Crony and Johnny Lang, and they just couldn't get the push up front, and that's why that game was way too close. That's been my theory, um, it, not just the line, but just the running game in general. Yes. I mean, the one year um, that... <laughs> trying to think of all of them um the one yeah the one two years ago you ran to, i mean sheldon crony was a starting running back yes. like what's the if you get Brees hall west virginia with the line in that game like, how different is that game? yeah you know mm-hmm. like and i don't know like i'm not taking anything away from you and i no, but I, the way iowa state plays is indicative on being able to move the football on the ground and that's why you know if you look at how do you go from a tight overtime game with you and I to a comfortable win. It all starts on the ground. If you can bully people up front on both sides of the ball, which I think Iowa State should have the opportunity to do in that game, and then also you know potentially in the Iowa game as well, then you don't leave it up to chance of bad things happening. What was that? There was that fumble, that sack fumble for Purdy in that game. Some weird things happened against you and I. So hopefully... Run the ball, you know, run for 200-plus yards, whatnot. Control the run Let game. Brock the other get 100. Yeah, like, it'd be and great just, to... And just beat them. I mean, just, you're the you're the power five. You're the top 10 team. Don't even let it, 
you don't need to throw it 30 times in that game. Just just punish them up front, and I think that's what Iowa State will do. Yeah, okay, so we're on the same page with the type of stuff that, that we're hearing. One other notable, and and I, I got to – well, Will McDonald, I, I guess, is everything that they want him to be. You're always interesting that Matt went out of his way during media day to say, you know what, Will can stop the run yeah. too. I think they're I think probably they're getting, tired of the narrative. Yeah, the narrative is just a pass – Rush specialist. They're, they're, they are. They're tired of it. I also think, too, like that the run stopping thing is a little bit overblown because you can be an edge rusher like he is and still be a first round draft pick. For sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You obviously you want him to be able to want play every down. Yeah. Like, I'm not taking that away, but like a lot of the guys at his position in the NFL are not every down guys. Correct. In fact, most of them probably aren't. Like, I would be really curious to go back and look at Von Miller snaps. Mm-hmm. That's the guy he always gets compared to. I don't know the specifics of it. Maybe we have a great listener who will go back and do that. But they're definitely tired of it. Yep. I and they're, they're sticking up for Will. But yeah. I was told best, Ian and the best edge rusher in the country. I mean, and they're well aware of the Oregon cat because they played him. Yeah. So I think they're right. It's amazing how Will's still flying under the radar. It's like yeah. I don't. The guy led the country in sacks, and yet, you know, oh, he's not a, he's not a, uh, he can't stop the run. It's like I, he, they are ready to uncork Will McDonald upon the rest of college football. Um, the one, God, I just I don't even like saying it, but I do hear that the kicker, Mavis, is kicking pretty well. Now, in fact, I heard that he's. Like hitting fifty yarders Good. and stuff, so but a be. lot of kickers do that. Yep, do it in front of sixty five thousand, whatever. That does make me feel better, though. Like, and they they knew they addressed it. Even Nettles being healthy, yep. you know, like Sally's back too. I know. I I'm talking more about the kickoff, the kickoff thing. thing. I mean, yeah. Sally's serviceable for sure. His Is numbers it, are pretty he, good. Yeah, like so. My forty and in. I'm more thinking about. The kickoff deal. Yes. There's there's a standing ovation, right? First oh, kickoff. A very sarcastic one. <laughs> the first time that they kick one that. out of the end zone. Yeah. I could see it already. Yeah. I go nuts. So I, I did want to pass that along that I, I've heard from people who have seen practice and watched him to people inside the program that have said, like, no, kicker's not going to be a problem as far as what that goes. Yep. I've even heard that he could punt. So Okay. That that's something because Corey Dunn would Corey be the Dunn guy is the starting punter right now. Right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've heard Mevis could be a special. You know, he punted in at the FCS level. Yep. So always good to have an option. And, yeah. You know, Dunn had that miserable first game against oh, that, Iowa. That first punt. But his numbers aren't bad. He'll be fine. Um, and then one other thing I'll add, because he's somehow. St- Gets forgotten about a little bit, but Charlie Kohler is just having a, a magnificent offseason in camp to start. And he has added weight. He looks like a more I haven't, physical tight end. So I haven't seen these pictures. There was a discussion on the premium board about it. Like, does yeah, he look he's that de- different? He's, de- he's, he's definitely put in some time in the lower body. So, so that was, but like, that's what my guy was telling me about the the good players coming yeah, back. Like he's one that of those. It does sound like this. I, the Dave Andrews thing, like, I don't know. 
I don't know anything about strength and conditioning, but everybody seems to give him a ton of credit. Yep. yep. And I think it's and even the players. And Kohler, he he was hurt. You know, didn't really get discussed, but he got hurt uh, before in playing the Louisiana game. It doesn't get brought up. Everyone talks about, oh, I've State lost Louisiana. Kohler did not play in that game, and then he was maybe fifty percent the next two weeks. Like he never was fully healthy last year. He's fully healthy now, and he's gained you know, 10, 15 pounds, and, you know, Charlie is poised to, like I said, Will McDonald on the other end. I think Charlie is poised to have a, a huge, huge season and vault himself back into the top couple of rounds of the draft. Who benefits the most? I've been thinking about this because it's like, okay, because you have X and you have Charlie. Yeah. And they're going to demand a ton of attention. Who benefits the most? Is it that slot guy, Melton? Um, is it whoever's, is it Noel? Yeah. yeah. Who's the guy who Joe Gates has, I don't know. Supposedly the last yeah. coming on a little bit who it feels to me. Is it chase Allen? Forget about chase. Allen. You know, yeah. who's the guy who's getting single coverage against the linebacker, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. is it, um, in past situations, Jirel Brock? Like I, I don't know, but I, I would think that that is something that's been talked about because those guys are going to demand a ton of attention from the defense. Yep. The goal would be somebody's going to have a one-on-one battle because of the double attention paid on those other guys. And if they can win it, this offense is going to be hard to stop. But yet, they're still going to be most comfortable, C-Dub, in that, you know, bang-it-out style. And I think, I don't know if you read that. I always love it. And I think it was CBS who did it. But they, they talked to opposing coaches about everybody else in the conference. And their point on Iowa State was, Iowa State plays like an NFL team in that if it's a 17-14 to 14 game, they love it. Like they are comfortable in knowing who they are and just grinding it out if they have it's to. It's maddening for fans. It's maddening for fans, but they're, <laughs> but you, they're very comfortable in, well, that, I get in it. that game. And, and so... You know, while they should have more firepower, I'm curious if Iowa State will will use it, or are they still going to be that base, you know, hey, if it's second and six, we're getting Brees the ball, and he's getting four, and then we're getting third and two, and we're doing the same thing. Like, they, how, di- how aggressive will Manning and company want to be when they know they still have 28 in the backfield that's going to get you? And you and know you still carry. have that defense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, the most... There were two games at the end of last year that really stood out to me as like, okay, this is Iowa State football. Like, everybody wants to know what's your identity. This is Iowa State football. It was when Matt decided to punt at Texas. Texas. Yep. Yep. Right? And then it was in the second half of the Fiesta Bowl. Yep. Where it – Iowa State could have won that game by 40 points potentially because Oregon didn't want to be there. It was over. I, I would say it outclassed them in every way. No question. But they just put that anaconda string yep. strangler yep. like the vampire move, right? It and just blood, it just bludgeoned them to death. Like it was, yeah. And like even the Texas Tech game, I think I could put it. Like I, mm-hmm. I still, I'll go to my mm-hmm. grave saying the Texas Tech game last year was the most beautiful game of football that I've ever seen an Iowa State team play. Uh, just complete like annihilation. So Five hundred yards to a hundred yards. Yeah, it was. It was incredible. Crazy. But, like, to me, 
the the Texas game and the Fiesta Bowl, like if somebody would ask me who'd never seen Iowa State play but they love football, like what's their identity? I would tell them to watch those two games. Yep. And so when it's a close game, Iowa State's not going to panic because they're they're comfortable in that setting. God, but, now, you're, but, but then a, your your margins are. But then you right, and so you, similar to Iowa over the years. Totally, I've said that a lot, but I mean they've I, played that way a lot. I do think though the talent on this team is high end enough just, that yeah. you don't have to rely on being comfortable in those moments and just put them away early. And that's maybe where you get more aggressive early in the game to try and you know get that bigger play threat down the field. Which still a lot of big plays last year. There weren't a lot of those, you know, 40-yard, 50-yard chunk plays through the air. And so uh, there were a few. I mean, Hutchinson had a big one against Oklahoma. That was more of a slant. But I'm saying, if you get more of a downfield, winning a jump ball like they did with Butler, whoever that is, that going to be Skates? Is that going to be, you know, Milton with his speed? Maybe Knowles is the guy? I hope it's Skates. If it's Skates, that's really good news. Yes. I, I, so I think that's the exciting thing to watch for. And what's preventing Iowa State from being – if it's not only top eight but top four, it's that it's that yeah. guy. If it's skates, then this offense is taking another step. Like he it is. You're you're right. I, I I couldn't agree more. Like if if skates can step up to be that guy. If not, I mean we haven't said Sean Shaw. He's more your possession type. Not a he's not going to be a top take the top off. Correct. I'd, he could be opinion. a nice player. Nice player. Um. Rob did a story on um, Wilson the other day. There's another guy who's yeah, had a good who's, camp. Yep. Who was really hurt all of last year. So, too. I mean, mm-hmm. we've, we've got six guys right now in yep. the conversation. That's it. Yep. And even, you know, Porter's younger. They like him, but probably not there yet. I think it's it's those those people we've mentioned. Is they got that. Who can be that superstar on the other side to just have a breakthrough year to take Iowa State to the next level? Uh, before we go, I want to say happy birthday to my daughter, Elise. She that turned, was awesome today. It was yeah, a fun party. She, yeah, she turned two today. We had a little birthday party for Blooms are over. Uh, your boys keep uh, holding hands with my daughters. That's smart coaching. <laughs> everywhere, I, everywhere I look, Everett's holding one of my daughter's hands. He's, he's, he knows the game. I mean, he's... You know, 25 years from now, and I believe the... He's uh, going to be in good shape, like, um, when they're in, like, junior high. And, he's going to have to choose, though. Is he going with the older the older well, one with Cammy or so the younger I, one with Elise? But I was thinking, because, you know, Everett spends a lot of time at our house, like, Cameron and her older friends, like, he's going to be, <laughs> you know... Like he's going to be a golden opportunity. Yeah, I mean... And and the, the bride's family still has to pay for the wedding. Uh, I I also wanted to just real quick, and I, I know that you've you have experience with this too. But my daughter Elise, we we did in vitro mm-hmm. uh, to get her, and I just wanted to. I had like a weird moment this morning where I just kind of like uh, I didn't break down, but I was really uh, emotional. Just the we we really shouldn't have had her sure. like it, there was there's a lot of stuff I'm not going to get into it all but it, just a word of encouragement the infertility is like a very common thing out there and yes. it, anytime I've ever mentioned it before people seem to appreciate the fact that they that they're not alone people don't talk about it for some reason um but it's so common i feel like even i, I don't know i think our generation just talks more than yep. the one before us, so maybe it was very common before, but I, it just feels like it's more prevalent now. 
And, um, man, I, I just felt really blessed today to you and your family. And then, um, obviously my family was there, but, um, just, uh, it was cool. It was cool to see all the kids running around and your boys there. And like, it was really neat. So if you're, if you're going through that, uh, you can always email me or whatever, but like we went through a lot and, but it, it is worth it in the end. Yeah. I mean, I think days like today is a good reminder of, man, last 18 months we've had some nights that have been long and oh, yeah. with the kids, but it's fun to see those milestones. You're like, gosh, this is, you know, they really are growing up. Maybe sometimes too fast for you. So uh, we, no we doubt had about to, that. We, we changed Everett's bed from a crib to a big the, boy the, bed. The big boy bed today. And so oh, it's like, nice. man, now it's, but it's like, one, again, one of those things like, gosh, this has been a journey, but there's some yeah. cool things. Yeah. So it was, it was good to, good to see everybody together today. Another thing too, we didn't, Elise never really had a first birthday yeah, because it was in the, the middle, middle of, of it. COVID mm-hmm. last year. So this was kind of like her. And she was loving it. Yeah, she had a hell of a time. Yeah. We got her a bouncy house, and she just no. Man, it's that's a just, but good topic though, because I, honestly, we dealt not anywhere near the level you guys had to, and you just especially as a guy, uh, like you don't, you're not used to that. You just help us. Just like, what do we do here? Um, yeah. So for those going through it. Um, I yeah, my DMs are open too, and it's not a it's not an easy thing, but but you're not alone there too. No, it's a it's super common, and uh, luckily there's amazing medicine out there and really good doctors, and <laughs> just the technology is incredible. Now, uh, I do have some tips too for the fellows if you have to go back into that room. <laughs> yep, I mean in that room. There's some weird stuff that you know. Someday at the end of my career, I'll, I'm going to do a tell-all <laughs> on the amount of times I had to go back to that room and some of the weird stuff that happened. It'll be great, but I'm not going to. We're not going to go there tonight. Happy birthday, uh, Elise! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to baby girl Elise. With that, um, I look forward to meeting and seeing many of you this week at our different events. Oh. Real quick before I forget, the Greg Eisworth and oh, Micro's Bash awesome. Brother t-shirts yeah. are out. Great job by Mike Martz to put those together. But those were so the Bash Brothers concept was my idea. The shirt completely designed by Mike Rose and Greg Eisworth. Like they, really? the whole concept with the Super Mario Brothers, everything was those guys. I mean, it's exciting for me that they remember that era of video games. Yeah. You know what's good, guys. You know what else is great too. So we're like telling the guys, like, "Hey, promote it so you can right. sell some." Yeah, Eisworth doesn't have social media. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I don't have. We don't even have Facebook." No, I just play football. He's so good too. Oh yeah. So is Aishim Young. We're just gonna keep naming guys. Aishim Young's my favorite player to watch on the team. And I've heard uh, his his Philly connection, uh, Amos, stud, good player. All right. And so are the backups. Like, there's so many guys. Next next you, week, we'll hit on more of them. Tell us about those guys next week. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.